If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast, episode number 61. Today, I am sharing some of the struggles we have recently been walking through with our second miscarriage, and I'm just really opening up our story in hopes it will help other women feel less alone and to really just remove the veil and the taboo that follows the word miscarriage and what it means. And so I'm sharing our story. I'm sharing our plans for the future. I'm sharing five things I never knew about miscarriage until it happened to me, and I'm sharing what the last month has look like in our lives. And I'm just really thankful to be using this space to tell our story. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey guys, it's Jenna Kutcher and I'm really interested and excited about today, even though I am absolutely terrified. Now, if you saw the subject of this podcast, you probably knew that this was probably going to be a really challenging episode to record, but I really want to use this platform to spread awareness. And while I absolutely love teaching marketing and branding and strategies and social media, I'm feeling called right now in this season of my life to just talk about some of the real and vulnerable and messy stuff that we've been going through. And I am just going to flat out warn you that my hormones are definitely not leveled out quite yet. And so this is going to be very emotional and I'm just going to ask you to bear with me. Now, I do want to just leave this off with a warning. If you have recently gone through miscarriage and it's just this open wound for you, this episode might not be right for you or it might not be the right time for you. Or if you're through the healing process and you're just worried about bringing up some of the stuff that you've moved past, it also might not be right for you and that's okay. But I invite you at any time if you feel uncomfortable or that, you know, it's just not putting you in a good position to just shut it off and wait until our next episode comes out. I was really nervous about recording this because, you know, it's something that's super, super personal, but it's also something that is highly uncomfortable. And it's not necessarily uncomfortable for the people who have experienced it, but it is absolutely uncomfortable for people who have never experienced it or who are trying to help somebody through it or simply just don't understand. And so I think that taking a taboo topic such as miscarriage and just opening it up and explaining it and trying to give some meaning behind it is incredibly powerful. And You know, going through this season again, and this isn't the first time we've walked this road, I'm just really reminded that if I can give purpose to this loss, it hurts just a tiny bit less. And so this podcast is really dedicated to our second baby. And I'm just praying that in sharing some of the real and raw and very vulnerable things that have been going on behind the scenes and behind closed doors and off of social media, that we can just start this conversation because 
it's a conversation that this world needs to have. And there are so many women and couples going through this and it is so absolutely isolating and devastating. And it just breaks my heart that people are doing this alone and in silence. And so here we go. I've no idea where this episode is going to go. I've no idea how long it's going to be, but here we go. We're going to dive in. So some of you know my story from before. Um, A little over a year ago, Drew and I found out we were pregnant in Hawaii on the beach at a luau. I peed on a stick in a public restroom because my best friend who was on her honeymoon saw me and she's like, I think you should take a pregnancy test. Truth be told, she was correct. We were pregnant and that started this whole process. And it's been exactly that, a process. Now, that time when I got pregnant, I just had this really weird feeling that we were going to experience loss. And I don't think that's unique to me. I think a lot of women fear that. But I remember so clearly telling my sister, the first person we told we were pregnant, and I said to her that if we lose this baby, I'm going to share it. Like, I have watched so many of my friends walk this road alone, and it's just a silent thing that's going on in their lives. And I felt compelled to decide very early on that if loss was the direction that this was going, that we were going to use a platform that I have to share it. And that early premonition and that early feeling actually ended up being very accurate. We went in for the initial screening. Everything was good. Everything looked good. And when we went in for our first ultrasound, the baby was measuring small and we couldn't detect a heartbeat, but our hope wasn't lost yet. I had to go through a series of blood work. I went in for a second ultrasound. The baby had stayed the same size, which meant we had lost it. And two weeks later, I had to go in and have a surgery called a DNC, which is is dilation and curatage. So basically they dilate your uterus and remove your baby. It was, you know, earth shattering. But when we went through it the first time, I had this very, very weird peace about it. I felt covered in God's peace, which is only God's peace that can do that. And while we were absolutely devastated and there was some really, really hard weeks in there, I felt like I had been prepared for that loss. After that first loss, you know, there's a lot of navigating going on. There are a lot of things that people don't understand about miscarriage, which I'm going to share today, but there is just a lot of hardship and a lot of different seasons of grieving over that next year. And we decided to wait a year. I needed that time to like get back into my body, to feel like myself again, to feel normal and prepared. But we also went through a ton, a ton, ton, ton of transition with our business, with Drew leaving his job and starting his own business. And it was this beautiful season of preparation. I felt like we had experienced this loss. We like came together. We said, what do we want our lives to look like? Like if we're going to try again, you know, what kind of life do we want to bring a child into? And we worked our butts off last year to build and foster this kind of life that we were so excited and eager to bring a child into. And so looking back over the last year, we had so much clarity, like, yes, we experienced this really, really hard thing, but we took it and we went with it and it taught us so much and it encouraged us so much and it inspired us to do these crazy things that we did over the last year. And it felt like we finally had purpose and meaning in that loss, which doesn't mean that we weren't still grieving it. It just meant like, Hey, I can see God's hand in this. Like I can see the overall plan in it and look at how we came out. Like we saw that as a total year of growth and it was just really inspiring. Few things that changed over the year was that I finally got a team. I wasn't operating as a solopreneur anymore. I was pursuing way bigger things like education and this podcast. Drew had started working on building a business. He left his job in January. We took a month off in Hawaii as a sabbatical, a period of rest, and we ended up purchasing a Hawaiian condo, which none of that was part of the plan, but all of it was just this amazing way of setting ourselves up for this life, this life that we wanted, this life that we appreciated and felt so blessed with, but also a life that we wanted to bring a child into. 
And so after our sabbatical, we both were just feeling really refreshed and relaxed. We were really excited to start trying again. And I absolutely hate the term trying again because it insinuates that you failed in the first place. It insinuates that you didn't do the right thing the first time, but yet there we were sitting. And so we started trying again. And anyone that has tried for a child can know how crazy and draining and hope-filled and fear-filled and upsetting that processes, but we were very fortunate again to get pregnant a few months into trying and maybe TMI, but whatever this, where this podcast is going, like I had been tracking my cycles. We were paying very close attention to what my cycles were looking like. So we kind of knew when the perfect time was to try and as luck would have it, we found out that I was pregnant again in Hawaii and it was a really hilarious time in our lives because here we were back in Hawaii fixing up our condo. It was an incredibly stressful week. We were renovating our condo. I felt like we could have our own HGTV show and I had brought along a few pregnancy tests thinking like, well, we might be able to find out while we're here again. And on the day before we left Hawaii, I took a test. We were honestly so busy that I just left it by the bathtub, never even looked at the response. And a few hours later, I walked into the bathroom to see the word pregnant on it. It was crazy. It was surreal. I walked out of the bathroom and Drew and I had actually been arguing that morning, which is so out of character. And I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, babe, like we're having a baby. And, you know, for just a minute, we felt that bliss again, like that exciting bliss, that sigh of relief that like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And that day I had to run to Target to pick up a few things for the condo. And I remember walking through the baby clothes again and picking out an outfit so that we could take a photo in our condo and share that we had found out again in Hawaii and how exciting that was and that this was our redemption song. Like this was our story of God's grace and how everything was going to be different this time. And so I remember flying home from Hawaii and just remembering the first time we did that and being so tired, but so thankful just wanting to tell everyone on the plane, like I'm pregnant. This is so crazy. I'm pregnant. And there were so many parallels and so many things that were so similar to the first time that part of me was just scared. Like, you know, this is so much like what happened the first time, but maybe this is God's way of redeeming that. And so you know, we got home. We actually Skyped and told our parents while we were still in Hawaii. We knew that we wanted to tell people early this time because we had been through a loss before and it was something that we didn't want to have to go through alone again. And so we didn't really have fear in sharing that we are pregnant. And I do want to say, and this is something that I like very much believe in is that 12 week rule to me is just crazy because so much is happening in your body, in your mind, in your life during that time. And to me, it's very sad that society has said you need to wait until you're in the clear before you share the news because you are going through so much in those three months. And to do all of that alone in a secretive way with fear that you could lose it, which we've experienced and faced, to be entirely candid with you, like that 12-week rule can kiss my you know what, because this is why we have so much fear. This is why so many women go through miscarriages alone. This is why so many of us have to grieve in private is because society has told us that you should only announce something when it's good. And the truth is, is that while we didn't want to announce it online or put it out into the world that way, we felt very comfortable telling our close friends and family that we were pregnant again because we wanted support. We wanted encouragement. We wanted prayers. And we knew that we didn't have to go through it alone the first time and that we certainly did not want to have to go through it alone again. And so for me, if you are pregnant and you feel comfortable or called to share it with one person or 20 people or a hundred people, listen to your gut. And the thing is, is that it is a lot harder for people to grieve with you if they never knew you were pregnant. 
when people know that you're pregnant and that you're going through this and that you're excited and you're feeling all these things, when you experience a loss, it is a lot easier for people to understand and to empathize with that. And so whatever feels right to you, just know that like you don't have to wait till you're 12 weeks along because truth be told, if we waited that, no one would know that we've had two babies and lost them. And that is such a huge part of our lives and of our story. So we got back from Hawaii, obviously super excited, going through all of the process again. But, you know, this time, again, I just felt so much fear. And one of the hardest things for me was when we would share that we were pregnant and our friends and family would just get so excited. I so desperately wished I could feel that joy because I just couldn't. I mean, when you experience such a hard loss, to be so joyful about something that you're so uncertain about is really, really hard. And so when we were telling people and everyone was so excited, I recorded all of the conversations, hoping to put them on the podcast here to announce that we were in fact having a baby and to go through all of that again is just insane. So we got back. I let my team know right away, like, Hey guys, like we're supposed to have a baby. It's going to happen right around Christmas time. So excited. I want to do a few big things. And then I just want to take the summer off to rest, to enjoy being pregnant, to give my body time to just be in the moment. And so we all got to work. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One of the hardest things about my story and that I've really just have had a really hard time like grasping and understanding is in the last year, I've been pregnant for five months. 
five months. That's a long time. That's half of a pregnancy. And yet we still don't have a baby. And so for anyone that has been pregnant or gone through their first trimester, it is exhausting. I am normally a very tired person. I tease that I need naps, but I desperately actually need naps every day. And when I was going through my first trimester again, I was so stinking tired, like so freaking tired. Emotions felt like too much energy. Basically, I would wake up and work out and I would probably sleep for two to three hours and then I would try to get some work done. And it was just a really challenging time again. But I was so excited because I'm like, this means like good things are happening in my body. It's so good that I'm so tired. And on the days that I was going to throw up, I was just so excited that I was nauseous because I'm like, this is good. Like the baby's growing. This is good. I can handle wanting to puke because it's all for the good of this child. And so Drew and I were very cautious in making plans. This time around, we didn't talk about names as much. We didn't talk about nursery plans. We tried not to plan too far in advance because we knew last time it made it even harder and more heartbreaking. And so we were just very cautious. We went in for my first ultrasound and I was supposed to be eight weeks along and we went in and we were measuring at a little over six weeks. And so the baby was small, but we did get to see the heartbeat. And I remember when she was doing the ultrasound and seeing that little flicker on the screen, I was never a happier woman than that. But when I knew that we were measuring small, we started to figure out like my cycle is longer, that impacts it. So that makes sense for a week, but still we were a little off. And, you know, I was so joyful after that appointment, but I was also just very nervous. And so our doctor set up an appointment for two weeks later to go back in for another ultrasound just to make sure everything was okay. And in those two weeks, I did a ton of research, which I was doing every single day of my pregnancy, Googling statistics about the miscarriage rates every day of my pregnancy, seeing that number go down every day that I was still pregnant and feeling a little bit more confident and knowing that when you see a heartbeat, when a heartbeat is detected in an ultrasound, you're 85% likely to carry a baby to full term. All the statistics were on our side. I was at a 3% chance of miscarriage at that point of the pregnancy. I was cautiously optimistic and, you know, we went in for that second appointment and I sat in the car and I said a prayer and I looked at Drew and I'm like, how are you feeling? And he's like, I feel great. I'm really, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. And so we got back in to the doctor and we were sitting in the chair and he had his phone out to record the heartbeat. And as soon as the doctor started the ultrasound, I just knew that we had lost another baby. And just sitting on the table that day, it was like, how can this happen again? Like, this isn't supposed to be our story. And it was so, oh, it was just heartbreaking. <sighs> because that wasn't our story. Like, that was our baby. And... I looked over at Drew and I wasn't even crying when she told us because I felt like I had been preparing myself. Like I just sat there shocked because it was just like deja vu, like the same exact thing. And I already knew what was going to happen and I knew how we were going to have to handle it. And so I just looked at Drew and he was just like, gosh, like, why is this happening? Like, I don't get it. And it was just so hard to like sit there and hear that again and to be ripped away from another baby. Like it just didn't seem real. So we packed up really fast and just got out of the office. I told them, I'm like, I need to leave right now. We didn't wait for the nurse to come in, which I guess we were supposed to. We got a surgery date on the schedule and we left and my first reaction was to text everyone that I had told I was pregnant because I just wanted to tell everyone so that nobody was texting me saying, how are you feeling? What are you craving? Are you still tired? You know, all of these things. And so we let our families know first and we just, I started going through the list of everyone I had told and it was just so hard to send those messages out again. It was like, why, why is this happening again? And 
I mean, that day, I was supposed to hop on a live webinar like 30 minutes after my appointment. And I messaged my team right away. And I said, guys, our appointment did not go well. We lost another baby. And my team was just the most amazing team in the world. They said, like, sign off. We're going to figure this out. We'll play a recording, like whatever we need to do. We'll cancel the webinar. Whatever needs to happen, it's going to happen. Like you can sign off. We've got this. And it was such a beautiful example of a team and such a beautiful reminder of how our first miscarriage taught me to ask for help. And so I got home We played a recording as a webinar and it broke my heart that I couldn't get on there live, but life, it's life. And we had to sit outside on my porch and I just cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I called my mom and I just sobbed. I was like, why does this have to happen to me again? Like, what is wrong with me? And that was just such a heartbreaking call. Like no mom wants to hear their daughter going through that, you know? But we just sat on the porch with our dogs and just tried to figure out like anything. I mean, it's like you're numb. And one of my friends came over and brought flowers over and brought some chocolate cake over and we sat and talked for a while. And I mean, it was so helpful, but we knew that I had a wedding that weekend and I didn't want to post anything at all. I wanted to give us time to just grieve alone and with our friends and family. And I also did not want my sweet bride to worry about a thing. When you are a wedding photographer, you really honestly have no options. I found a backup photographer just in case. But I had every intention of just doing the best job that I could over the weekend. Now, what happens with me and what's happened with me is something called a missed miscarriage. And so basically, your body loses the baby, but it's still holding on to it. And there are many different ways that miscarriage happens. Most commonly, it happens in the early weeks, week six through eight. But here again, I sat at week 10, like week 10, and the baby had passed away two weeks before, probably shortly after we saw that heartbeat. And yet my body was still holding on. I had had no signs or symptoms that I had miscarried. And so it's so, so confusing because your body is failing you. That's exactly what you feel like, especially when it's a missed miscarriage, because your body should have done its job multiple times and it didn't. And so that night I just went to bed. I went to bed at like six o'clock at night And I woke up really early the next day and it was when it hit me that there's got to be something more going on. And it was really scary. I remember laying there and just thinking like, why God is this happening? But why is it the same exact story two times in a row? Like, why am I able to carry a baby to 10 weeks? Why is it passing away at eight weeks? Why do I have to have surgery? Why, 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 why? And I was just feeling so scared at that point because I'm like, what if this is our story? Like, what if we do this again? And it's the same result. Like, what if? And the first time I just never felt that like anger, but it totally came out this time. And I was so lacking peace so much because to me, I'd been through this once before. And I was like, I was a faithful servant. Like I shared this. I put it out there. I opened myself up for it. So why do I have to do it all over again? (laughs) And I just so desperately wanted to feel meaning and peace and comfort in it. And it just wasn't there. And It's really hard to not feel alone because Drew did his job like I am feeling as a woman. And I know, I know all the things. I know it's not my fault and I know it's nothing I did and I know it's nothing I ate. And yet, if you've ever been through it, you think through every tiny little thing. You question, was it that workout that I did that I went a little too hard on? Or that night that I ate a spicy tuna roll? Or that sip of beer that I had when Drew ordered it? And you ask yourself every single question. And people can tell you every single day that it's not your fault. 
But when it happens two times in a row, you start to believe the lie. And it suddenly wasn't feeling like a lie, which was really scary. And so we had to pack up and leave for the weekend after processing this. And it was honestly a blessing in disguise. But at the same point, I felt like a ticking time bomb because I knew that at any point my body could start the process and I was going to be away from my home. I was going to be working and I had to just be prepared for whatever was going to lie ahead. And one of the things that doctors tell you is like, your body might start to do this on your own. And it's just like a heavy period. But I've done my research and I knew that wasn't the case. And so it was really scary packing up my bags, leaving for a wedding for a couple that I just so desperately love and knowing like this could happen or start at any moment. And I just have to be prepared. And so we went through the weekend. I shot the wedding. It was an incredible wedding. It was very, very good to just be in work mode and to not be thinking about things. And the next day we got home and my body was starting to go through the process. And I don't really know how much I want to share on here because it's a very uncomfortable topic. It's very uncomfortable for people to hear and stuff. But my mom was coming into town for my surgery, which was scheduled for Tuesday. And Sunday night, stuff started happening in my body. I started getting cramps. I started bleeding. And I was just getting really worried because I really wanted to make it to Tuesday so that I could just go through with the surgery and just be done and know that it was done. But God had another plan for me again. And so all through Sunday to Monday, I was cramping and it was starting to happen. And Monday night it happened at home and it was honestly the worst pain I've ever been through in my life. I am so thankful my mom was with me. There's just so many things that happened that I'm happy to share with people if they need to know the details. But no, it is not like a heavy period, especially when you're 10 weeks along. And it was so painful. But I do think that God knew that I needed to go through that with my body to see that my body wasn't broken and to also just experience that pain to really understand the gravity of the loss. And so on Tuesday, we went into the hospital. I had to have an ultrasound and I still had to have surgery. So it was a double whammy. I had to go through both things, but we came out and, you know, there has been just this outpouring of support in sharing our story. I have been so connected with so many women who have walked this road. You know, it was my most liked post on Instagram, which is just crazy. And it means nothing more than that. People are paying attention now to a story that means so much to us. And, you know, we have just been showered in so many prayers and text messages and flowers. We have so many flowers and thoughtful gifts and gestures and emails. And we have just been covered by our community and I have never once regretted putting our story out there, not even for a moment. It gives our babies a meaning. It gives people an awareness. It helps people to understand and it helps us to grieve. It helps us to let people know where we're at in this journey and that it's not been easy, that it's been incredibly hard and devastating, but it also is helping people. And if anyone knows me personally, like, my goal in life is to make people feel more enoughness and less alone. And this has been something that has really, really done that for us. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What moving forward looks like is a little unknown, to be honest. 
we went through this process just about a little over a week ago. We got the news about a week and a half ago. And so it's still very raw and very fresh. But I have told people this week, I feel like I'm coming out of the fog. The grief fog was so heavy over me. It was almost just like this emotional weight. And I feel like we are coming out of that and just starting to move forward and look at what our future is going to look like, what our plan are and what that's going to look like. And so we have hired an amazing fertility doctor and God just put her into my life at the perfect time. She is actually a part of my mastermind and it's so wild how this all works out. But she is just incredible. She has dealt with this stuff on her own. She has studied every possible thing in the book. And so I'm really, really eager to get answers and to work with her. We are doing a ton of testing on me. We're starting with me and then we're going to move on to Drew if the need be. But we are being very proactive. One of the things that people don't know about miscarriage is that our medical system does not acknowledge that there is a problem until you have had three miscarriages documented. And so when we wanted to get testing on the baby that we brought into the hospital in a Ziploc bag, they didn't even acknowledge that or they wouldn't, they didn't know what to do with it because we hadn't had three miscarriages. And the thought for me to think that we would have to go through this another time in order to be taken seriously, absolutely devastates me and breaks my heart. And so we are spending our own money to try and get answers. And I am feeling so much clarity in that. I encourage you to advocate for yourself if you are in this situation. And I'm really, really thankful that we are able to invest in our future in that way. I know some people wouldn't be able to, and it's just something that we are filled with gratitude about. A lot of people reached out sharing their own stories about how they had multiple miscarriages and went on to have successful pregnancies, which is just so hopeful for me. But it's also hard to hear those stories when you're in the process and going through an actual miscarriage, because when you hear those stories, you think, well, good for you. I pray that that's my story. But right now, I just don't know what my story is going to be. Um, And so we have gotten a lot of information, a lot of different things that we can try and do. And so we are looking into every possible option and we're just excited to dig a lot deeper into that. I do want to share just a few things about miscarriage. This is an article I wrote the last time we miscarried, and it was featured on Real Simple, which is one of my favorite publications. But it was things that nobody knew about miscarriage or nobody told me about. And one of the hardest things about walking through miscarriage is that there really aren't a lot of resources for you. There are a ton of internet threads that can leave you feeling very hopeful or very doomed. There are a lot of forums that don't ever get followed up on, so you never know the outcome of people's situations, and you can pretty much find any forum that will convince you of either scenario, and so when we went through it, I wanted to create some content that would really just share some of the real things that we were going through and experiencing. So number one, the word miscarriage sucks. Like I actually hate that word because it insinuates that you miscarried your baby, and in fact, like I held on to that life with every fiber of my being. Like they literally had to surgically remove it because I wasn't miscarrying it, if that makes sense. And so when we say that word, a lot of times it has a negative connotation. It starts with the word miss. So I was bad. I did wrong. This is why the baby didn't live. But the truth is that most of us going through a miscarriage, we actually feel these things. Like we go through that guilt and that doubt and that fear and that feeling like we messed up. And we wonder, you know, if we shouldn't have eaten tuna or if that one extra coffee caused it or, you know, the makeup I'm wearing or maybe I laid on my back too long or whatever that is. And so it's very hard to process the word miscarriage and it's very defining for somebody who went through it. And it's just a very guilt-filled word that people don't really understand. The second part is, is that your body is really messy and no one 
no one really understands how much your body changes in that first trimester unless you've been pregnant. And so, I mean, I had gained weight. My boobs were giant. I was so exhausted all the time. I'd just gone through three months of being so tired only to have nothing to show for it. And for me, I knew that we were going to lose the baby. And so I had to carry our baby for two extra weeks, both times, knowing that it was no longer alive, but having my body thinking it was still pregnant. And so it was really, really exhausting. It was so, so mentally draining. Like it took effort to get out of bed, truly. You know, it took me last time almost two months to just get a period back. And when it came back, it was just such a painful reminder of how different my body was. It was just really hard to feel like I was getting back on track and not to feel betrayed by my body. And, you know, this time too, I can just feel like I just feel so foreign in my body right now because when your body is changing and there's a reason for it, it's really exciting. And you're like, Hey, I'll take this bloat all day. There's like a baby growing in me. But after you lose that baby and your body is still like feeling really off and weird, it's just really, really frustrating. And I just feel very outside of my body. Another thing that's really challenging is you get a ton of medical bills and when you have to have a DNC, they document it medically as a missed abortion. Nobody told me that. And so we got a bill for $3,000 for our missed abortion. And while I know that that's a medical term, that word is just a really hard word to have come out of your mouth, especially when you're referring to babies that you very desperately wanted. And so to have two missed abortions on my documentation, on my record, is just really, really sad. And it's incredibly hard to pay thousands of dollars to to never get to meet your baby. Number three is that your friends, they're not going to know what to do. And especially your pregnant friends. And both times I was pregnant, I was so, so lucky to be going through it with some of my very best friends. And it was so hard to see our relationships change when we lost our baby. And I knew that people were uncomfortable. They didn't know what to do. And I totally understand that grief is a very, very messy thing. But if you have somebody in your life that goes through a miscarriage, please know that you do not need to say anything to make them feel better. Absolutely nothing you say is going to make them feel better. And so just say, I am so, so sorry for your loss and be with them. If they want to talk about them, let them talk about it. If they don't, don't, but just be there for them. And, you know, we heard some very, very hurtful things that were well-intentioned from people just trying to make us feel better. We heard, you know, there must've been something wrong with your baby or it's just a natural thing in life. Your body was doing its job. Your baby would have been born with defects. Maybe you should think about adoption. Have you figured out what's wrong with you yet? Are they going to do tests to figure out why this keeps happening? And all of these things were so well-intentioned, but when you are walking through that very, very dark season, those questions are very, very hurtful. And you know, even the beautiful, beautiful stories that are supposed to provide hope, it can just really be a hard time for somebody because that's not what their life looks like. Like I pray, I pray to God that my life looks like two miscarriages and then a healthy, happy baby and that I can become a story of hope. But when you're walking through that season, especially when it initially happens, it is so hard to hear those stories because you would so desperately trade places with any of those people. And so don't try to make it better. Don't try to explain it. Don't tell them about your friend who went on to have many healthy babies. Don't belittle the experience. Don't tell them that things happen for a reason. Just be with them. And I promise you that means so much. We have just been absolutely showered, like I said, with just so many beautiful cards and gifts and flowers. And every single one is just a reminder that people care about us and that they care about our baby and our journey. And it's so beautiful. Number four is that you're going to feel lost on when to try again. And like I said, I hate that quote, try again. Like the quote, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Because no, you didn't fail. No, it's not your fault. And no one won't 
you know, be better this time. Like it first happened to us. I thought like, maybe we should just try again right away because we were so in that mindset of having a baby. We were so excited and we were just imagining what our life was going to be like. And so then when it happened, we were like, so lost, like, should we just try again right away? Cause you know, most people go on to not have another miscarriage and maybe this is just part of our story. But I knew like deep down in my heart that I needed to rest. I needed to take care of myself. I knew that I needed to get healthy again. And I, I was just really afraid of being robbed of the joy of pregnancy, which I absolutely was. Nobody tells you that, but if you have had a miscarriage, you are going to be perpetually nervous and it's impossible to not be because you know what the potential outcome is. And so it's even scarier now thinking about trying again for a third time, knowing what our two losses have been like. And so it was just you know, it, the timing is going to look different for everyone. Just really give yourself time to heal both physically and emotionally and trust that you are going to know when the time is right, whether it's a year from now or two months from now, we honestly haven't even gotten to that place right now. I'm just really focusing on self care and trying to figure out like what's going on inside of my body and how can we be the most prepared for when we are ready to again, try and start our family. And then lastly, I believe this and people may disagree, but have what you will. I believe that you are a mom. I stared at my phone the other day and there the emails come up like, congrats, your baby is the size of a coconut. And I have had to delete the pregnancy apps. Once again, I've had to unsubscribe from all the mommy things. I've had to hide Facebook ads that are baby based, move around Pinterest boards that were nursery based. And it's this ridiculous limbo feeling like it never even happened. Like it wasn't even real mixed with feeling like it's still happening every single day. Like it's still so raw. And, you know, it's very easy. I have a very hard time with grief. And so part of me just wants to pretend like I was never pregnant again because it was just a lot easier and less stressful. But part of me knows that I need to just face this head on and go through all the motions of grief. And so it's very hard in this season for me to see all of these pregnancy announcements of everyone announcing their December babies because that should have been us. And when October rolls around, the date of when we lost our first baby and December, our second due date, those are going to be really hard times, especially around the holidays. Our baby was supposed to be born on Christmas Eve. And so... It's going to be a very bittersweet holiday for sure. But it's always so hard to me too when people ask, do you have any kids? And you have to say no, because it feels like you're not acknowledging the two children that you carried, no matter how long you carried them for. And there's always this piece of me that wants to say, well, yes, like I have two angel babies, but there's also a piece of me that knows that's highly uncomfortable for other people and people don't understand it. And so you are in this limbo, but I truly believe like, like the moment that you see that you have a plus sign on the pregnancy test is the moment you begin planning. And today I had a conversation with a friend and she said, you know, Jenna, the first time you went through this, I didn't really understand, you know, she's like, I had had a miscarriage too, but I didn't even know I was pregnant and I wasn't with like a loving husband and we weren't trying to start a family. And so she's like, I just didn't get, you know, why, why it was so hard for you. And she is now pregnant. And she said, and I get it. Like if we lost this baby, I would be devastated. She's like, you know, for the last eight weeks I have been planning. I have changed my entire life. I have looked into the future. I have planned pretty much their birthday party, their wedding, their graduation, everything. And she's like, I get it. Like I get it now. And I remember I never understood miscarriage before. I remember thinking all of these things, you know, at least you could get pregnant. At least it happened early. At least your body took care of it. At least all of these, at least. And if I can give you one piece of advice, if you are trying to help somebody through miscarriage, never ever say an at least statement because it's not going to make them feel better. There is always a rebuttal to all of those statements and sentiments, and it's incredibly hard to understand if you've never been through it. Well, you know, this is where we're at. 
We're seeking help. We're seeking rest. We're seeking grace. We're seeking peace. We're seeking each other. You know, for a marriage, it's a lot to go through. And it's a very different process for a husband and for a wife. For the woman, it's happening inside of your body. You've been going through this for months. You know, that motherly instinct is a very real thing. And for the husband, they're just trying to help. They're trying to be there. They're trying to understand and I'm just so thankful to be going through this with Drew. And I'm so thankful that while though it sucks, we've gone through this before. We were way more equipped this time to handle it and to process it and to communicate about it and to have open conversations about what it looks like for us and in us. And we're just navigating it. And I am just really thankful to have this space to share this story. And my only prayer is this, is that if you ever walk this road, I want you to know you're not alone. And if you ever are with somebody that is walking this road, I pray that this equips you to handle the situation as best as you can with as much love and grace and empathy as you possibly can. And I just want to thank you in advance for your support and your love for just surrounding us in prayers and warmth and love and light throughout this process and for giving me the space to just share this story and to give so much meaning to our loss. And I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful for our future. I really, really pray that there is a sweet baby in it. And I know that when that day comes, we are just going to be so, so joyful. And we're going to appreciate every late night and every early morning and every dirty diaper with so much intention and so much gratitude. And God is good all the time. And that is just our mantra. You know, if not, he is still good. And so this is summing it all up. Thank you, Gold Diggers, for just tuning in, for helping to let us go through this process and to giving me this platform that I pray is really and absolutely changing lives because this little baby forever changed mine. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, you gold-digging dream chaser you. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.